Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We pray that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to look this morning at this section from John's Gospel. And we hear Jesus in this passage tell us that if anyone loves me, they will keep my word, or they will keep my commandments. And right away when we hear that, we need to ask ourselves, well, what do we think that means? And what do we insert in there for keeping his commandments? And I say that because this is one of those verses that's easy to hear and then assume that the message of the gospel is Jesus saying, if you just do all of the right things, then you're all good. And that proves that you love me because you, here's the list of do's and don'ts. You, you did all the do's, you don't do any of the don'ts. 100% scorecard, you're good. Except the trouble with that is then we're right back to the message of that gospel being really rooted in the law which tells us that if we just try harder there's enough things we can do to fix our problem. But Jesus' whole message was you're not going to be able to fix this on your own. That I have come to do what you could never do. And so when Jesus says well, if you love me, you'll do what I say. You'll keep my commandments. You'll keep my word. We have to say then, well, what does that mean? If we don't get to just then pick whatever commandment we want or whatever word we want and stick it in there and say that's what it means. Um, well, one of the things that we have to do when we read the Bible is we encounter this passage in John 14, verse 23. So the wise thing when reading Scripture is to say, well, rather than me make up what might be my greatest idea of what it means to keep the commandment, what did Jesus say? And we don't have to look very far because in John 13, verse 31, Jesus says, Now a new command I leave you. Love one another just as I have loved you. So if he's just said that, and then says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandment, well, clearly he's told us what he means. That that's what he's called us to do, is to live in that place of love of God and love for one another. And in doing so, that's how we show to be his disciples. Not that we do all the right things on the list to keep Jesus happy, and then he'll punch our ticket uh, to come into his presence because we've done it all but that we love one another and in fact right before he, he says that then he goes on to talk about Peter's denial then he says the famous passage that we know from John 14 about let your hearts not be troubled believe in God believe also in me in my father's house there are many dwelling places and I prepare a place for you and you know where I'm going and Thomas says well we have no idea where you're going how can we know the way and Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. Then he reveals the Father to Philip. He talks about praying in the name of Jesus and ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. And then he promises the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And all of that discourse leads up to what we hear proclaimed today. So it's really important that when we read the scripture that we look at the wider context of what's going on around it and in the book that we're reading. Otherwise, this could sound like a lot of legal legalism where you just got to do all the right things. And if you don't do the right things, well, that means you don't really love God and God can't love you. Well, that doesn't seem like the, the free gift of grace or the good news of the gospel. Because we're told that if we live in this place of love, what does, it, what does God desire? Jesus says, well, my Father will love you and we will come to you and make our home with you. We're right back to that image of God desiring to live in and among His people. That's what's being offered to all of us. Then He reminds us that He's told us some of these things, but the Holy Spirit is coming. And in two weeks we'll celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. And it's the Spirit's job, Jesus says, to teach you all things and to remind you of the things that I have told you. That that role of the Spirit as teacher is to continue to show us what it means uh, to love God with our whole being, to love one another as Jesus loved us, to live in that place of freedom and peace. Because the message of the Gospel that we hear throughout um, all of the Gospels is that Jesus saying, this is what God desires, that you believe in the one whom the Father has sent, that you believe in Jesus and receive forgiveness by the work that he has done. And then as this section comes to an end, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. Peace I leave with you. Now for his gospel to be a message of peace, it can't be that I just need to get my life together. Because I've tried that and it never works. So if it's all about me getting a hundred on the scorecard, I don't hear Jesus' message then as peace. That's pretty scary. Get a hundred or you're out. Who wants to take that test? Uh, I know I don't pass, so where's freedom in that? Where's peace in that? Where's life in that? But if the message of the gospel is Jesus did it, and now all I have to do is receive and believe. Well, that's freedom. That's life-giving. That should give us peace. And then Jesus says, as he gives us his peace, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled or fearful. Anybody have a troubled or fearful heart this past week? Probably all hands uh, go up. Something happens. And our first instinct is to be troubled and fearful. And so what does it mean as Jesus says to us, I don't give you the peace like the world gives. And I think there's a distinction because somehow there's this weird thing that goes on for us who follow Jesus that he doesn't say, I will remove every trouble from your life. And from the moment you say yes, you'll have smooth sailing and a bed of roses. And everything will just be lovely and positive. Um, nobody would give that testimony that that's happened. But Jesus remains with us in whatever we face. 
So how do we have peace then when we're in a struggle? When our hearts are troubled, when our initial reaction is to be fearful, the only way we can have peace is standing on the assurance that the peace Jesus gives us is not that life is trouble-free, but that he has overcome everything. And so we as followers of Jesus know that even when we're struggling, God's presence is with us. The Holy Spirit is in us, leading us, guiding us. The peace of Christ is with us. And we can have peace even in our struggle because we know Jesus has overcome the world. That our place is prepared. That he will come and take us to himself. That at the last day we will be raised with him to live in the new heaven and the new earth. It's those assurances that give us peace. That the world can't give. Because those are assurances that only come in and through Christ. They're only available when we say yes to Jesus. And so in hearing this, I, I hope that it brings us comfort and peace. That we come to know more fully what it means that Jesus has done this. That we live in this place of love for God and love for one another. And if that's the commandment, I mean honestly I think that's enough work for us to do anyway. Unless anybody's got to love God completely and love every single one of your neighbors as yourself. If anybody's nailed that, I invite you to, to come forward for your testimony um, because I find each day a struggle with that. I have good, a good level on the desire to do so <laughs> and not such a high score on the follow-through. Um, but the good news of the gospel is it's not dependent upon us. That Jesus has done it. And may his peace be ours. May the peace that surpasses all understanding reign in our lives no matter what we face. And may we come to know more fully the love that God has for each of us. And may we love one another in the same way. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord in and through whom we have forgiveness, mercy, love, and peace. May your peace reign in each of our hearts no matter what we face. May your love and peace keep us from dwelling in places where our hearts are troubled or fearful. May we cast all those fears and anxieties upon you. And may they be filled with your presence and peace. Unite us together in your love. And we ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.